Kitchen Out Radio coming at you. Thanks for listening. This is Al in Jackson, and I'm going to throw it to my partner, Mitch Nicholson. How are you today, Mitch? I'm doing fantastic, Al. Thanks for joining me, as always. How are you doing? I cannot complain one bit. Yeah, so is life going well for you? Yeah, I mean, awesome. And Everything's going good. Um, you know, you, you raising had, a little guy. You had a big, big opportunity this past week, didn't you? And what I mean is, you got to step up to SBP Wrestling. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah, we had some. Tech- <laughs> well, yeah, we had some technical di- difficulties, and uh, we had a normal third, Brian Pate, and he couldn't make it. Well, he made the original one, and then we couldn't make it. So we asked Al to step up, and that was an awesome show. You, me, and Ronnie Adams have quite a good amount of charisma. You know, just some good chemistry okay. when we get there. Uh, and I'm, I'm confident that our ratings are going to be just through the roof now that we got Alan Jackson with us. Well, of course, you got to expect that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going for Brian's job. Brian does a good job, you know, just to fill in. But, you know, like I said, Brian does a heck of a job. He does do a heck of a job, and if you get sick, we might ask him to fill in for you, and you, you never know, he might take your job. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far. Man. All right. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's dive right into the world of wrestling and what's going on, and one of the biggest things going on this past week, and that's happened in a while, is The Rock return to Monday Night Raw. You caught that, right, Al? Oh yeah, definitely. And I was I was pleasantly surprised. Anytime the rock's on Monday Night Raw, it's an awesome thing. You know, you gotta love the rock. He's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh did you like the the pairing against him and Rusev? Yeah, yeah, I did. I I was I mean, I I'm a I've been a fan of Rusev ever since the game. I like his character and, and I love Lana and just throwing the rock with those two is perfect in my opinion I, I yeah yeah i agree i think they have great chemistry and yeah when it first happened i was really expecting you know wow they're throwing as a curveball it's going to be rock versus rusev at wrestlemania do you do you think there's going to be a rock rusev match down the line oh well never said i mean I, you never know it, it could happen and i it, you know any rock match is going to be amazing anyway, so, you know, never say it, it could be Rosner's reset. Well, I mean, that's kind of everybody's initial reaction. Apparently, and I'm going to spoil you a little bit, uh, from SmackDown, they taped it Tuesday night. The big uh, thing going around is that Triple H and Rock kind of hinted that they might actually face off against each other at this coming year's WrestleMania oh, wow. instead. So, what do you think? Do you think you'd rather see John Cena, or not John Cena, would you rather see The Rock versus Rusev, or would you rather see The Rock versus Triple H? Well, I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that. Um, you know, you always want to push the new guys and, and get them, you know, the big match. But, man, Rock versus Triple H, those two, I mean, back in the day had some amazing matches, and they – like, like they were both at the same point in their careers, and uh, they had an awesome rivalry. Had some great matches. So, and 
to see those guys go at it again as a, as a wrestling fan would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I think for the match itself, Triple H and Rock, that'd be great. Lots of good nostalgia. You know they would click. Uh, I'd really like to see Rock and Rusev, though, because especially if Rock puts over Rusev, man, that could really springboard his career. All of a sudden, he goes from, you know, a really hot guy right now that's got a lot of ahead of him to bona fide main eventer. And beating The Rock yeah, at WrestleMania, got, that's a big deal. To, yeah, yeah, he definitely has potential, so that would be awesome. Yeah, if you want to cement your spot as a top guy, that's how you do it, but... I guess we're just going to have to wait and see and see what exactly happens between The Rock and whoever he ends up facing between now and next uh, March or April, whenever WrestleMania is. Yep, that's right. But the the other big guy, (laughs) Brock Lesnar, is who I'm talking about, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, You know, he might not be on TV anytime soon. Apparently... The story going around is that Paul Heyman has even been absent because they don't want people to really notice that their champion, who's a part-time performer, is just not on television. And the rumor going around is he might not show up in WWE again until January. Al Jackson, does that make you feel good knowing that the champ is just going to be gone for the next three, three months or so? It makes me feel bad. <laughs> um, and, and that's what I was thinking Monday night. I was like, the first hour goes, goes by. I'm like, they have not even mentioned Brock Lesnar's name. Like, what's going on here? But now you say maybe not till January. That's crazy. Yeah, that's... But, that's the big uh, big news going around. I'm looking at a news story right now. It says, while plans could change, the idea is to even keep Heyman off of television for a while as to not call attention to the fact that WWE's World Heavyweight Champion is away and missing pay-per-view events. I mean, he's not even going to show up, is the theory right now. That's That's got to be a bad idea. Oh, very bad. I mean, and I don't see why Paul Heyman can't be around. I mean, he's he's still, you know, part of the show without even without Brock Lesnar. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a package deal and all, but I, I just think it's really a shame that we're not getting any of the champion. I was sort of hoping, like, even though he's not in a match at Hell in a Cell coming up, that he would at least show up. Make an appearance like, you know, John Cena is facing Dean Ambrose. For me, the fantasy book right now, I'd rather see Dean Ambrose face Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell. And the way that I perceive you could tell that story is Brock Lesnar comes out and somehow costs Cena the match, and that would plant seeds for whenever they finally meet again. Not that I really want to see Cena Lesnar again, but at least it would kind of make sense. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it it, it would make sense. But, yeah, I don't know. But let's let's talk about John Cena and Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I guess that's the de facto or the default main event for WWE programming right now. And they do have Hell in a Cell coming up. And uh, it was announced on Monday Night Raw that 
John Cena will face Dean Ambrose, winner face Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, it, the theory is that the loser will probably face Randy Orton in another match, like oh. in the early card of the show. It, did you like the yeah. way that that pay-per-view is shaping up? Yeah. Um, I. What got my attention on Monday night, I did like when Ambrose and Cena, I think it was around 9 o'clock, the second hour of the show, where they... Um, went head to head and, and I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. I don't know if, I know Rollins is not the problem. It, him and Ambrose, it's their feud, really. Cena was feuding with Lesnar and then, you know, Rollins came out and went to cash in his money in the bank and now Cena's involved. But I did enjoy Cena and Ambrose going at each other on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I think a lot of people are sort of groaning at the idea that Cena's inserting himself into, you know, what many consider to be the best feud that WWE has put out this year. But I, I'm excited about it. I think Ambrose versus Cena is a great match. And if Ambrose faces Rollins, I think that's got a potential to be a show-stealer match, like potential match of the year both times. I don't necessarily want John Cena to fight both guys that night. You know, I, I hope it right. really it does end up being Ambrose versus Rollins and Hell in a Cell. But yeah, I, I like that Cena is involved in this, and it, Cena is the true face of the WWE. So the, the fact that he they're is. feuding with him that that brings a lot of legitimacy to him. Yeah, and at, at first I was kind of annoyed with Cena being, being involved, but now I mean it's it's going it's going on me. I, mean, I don't mind it as much. Do you, do you see John Cena or Dean Ambrose winning and going to face Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell? I'd better see Ambrose. All right. what, what, I don't know. What do you think the chances are that John Cena could win? Well, as usual, the chances are pretty good. But He's John I'm, Cena. I'm really hoping Ambrose wins because he deserves it. Yeah, it's their feud. I agree with you. It needs to be them in the main event. Yeah. Okay, and we're about 10 minutes in, and we have a special treat to play for our, our listeners out there. For SBP Wrestling this past week, if you subscribe to that podcast, and you really should, look us up on iTunes, in addition to Mitch and Al Radio, that is. <laughs> but SBP Wrestling, I, I am one of the hosts there, and Al filled in there last week. This week... I was the only voice you heard on that because I had a couple of huge interviews. I got to interview the current Remix Fury champion, Sassy Steffi, of Remix Pro Wrestling out of Marietta, Ohio. And also, I got to interview the legendary, the the awesome, amazing, amazing Kong. You know her as Karma from WWE. She is regarded as one of the best female wrestlers alive. Yeah, she is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm underselling that at all, am I, Al? No, not at all. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, and I got a chance. No to, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can say that. I got a chance to sit down with her for over 20 minutes, pushing a half an hour, and we got to talk about all kinds of fun things. You and you know, you can go to other interviews, and you're going to hear her talk. People ask her about when she's coming back to TNA, when she's coming back to WWE, and there's not really much of a story there right now because you know there's not really a lot of negotiations or anything. But our interview, when Mitch Nicholson, me, sat down with her, we talked about 
lots of fun things that you're not going to hear anywhere else. We talked about trashy reality television. Yeah, we talked about Flavor Flav and VH1 reality shows. You're, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. We talked about her big match against Sassy Steffi this coming uh, Saturday, October 11th in Marietta, Ohio. And we also talked about a huge Kickstarter project that she started. Uh, it's called the Good Karma Tracker. It's a Kickstarter project. Sounds like a great idea. You want to check out this uh, this week's SBP Wrestling Podcast. But, but, Al, are you excited about what I'm about to say right now? I'm very pumped. I want to, <laughs> I want to hear it. What is it? Well, we, we also got some exclusive Amazing Kong interview uh, audio for our show, Mitch and Al Radio. Yeah, I'm, Get out of here. I'm not kidding. We're going to debut a new segment. This is the first time we've ever done this segment. And this segment, Al, is called One Question Interview. Are you, yes. All right. Well, we'll just go and play this right now. This is exclusive audio. Never heard anywhere else before. You listeners are going to get a treat. So enjoy. Hello, I'm Mitch Nicholson, and this is One Question Interview. My guest today is regarded as one of the best in the world as what she does. I'm joined with Amazing Kong. Uh, I'm not going to ask her how she's doing today, because once again, one question, don't want to violate that policy. So here we go. Amazing Kong, what is your music of choice? Not many people stunt me, but you have just stunted me. You know what? I, I thank you for asking that question because now I know the answer. It's 80s and 90s music, top 40. Oh, really? That's what, that's what I listen to when I clean up the house. That's what I jam to. I jam to the 80s and 90s. So, yeah, that's my favorite music, top 40 of the 80s and 90s. How, how late into the 90s? Are we talking like Backstreet Boys kind of stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, more in sync. I was an in sync girl. Oh, yeah, they were a little but, cooler. You know, uh, you know. Quit playing games with, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, Backstreet Boys <laughs> as well. But I was more of a, like, I was down with NSYNC back when Justin had the fro, back when he was still on Disney. <laughs> I was down with Justin Timberlake before. It was cool to be down with Justin Timberlake. All right, so you were on the Justin Timberlake bandwagon before anybody. Before, oh, way. <laughs> like, I used to get made fun of because I liked Justin Timberlake. And then... And then people, you know, the ur- the ur- urban America got wind of Justin Timberlake, and it was cool to love Justin Timberlake. I'm like, y'all some suckers, because I was all about Justin Timberlake. Y'all made fun of me. Y'all tried to bully me, and I was down with it. I even signed a petition when he got rid of the fro. I was like, I want the fro back, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was I was that girl. I had just NSYNC everything in my office before I was a wrestler. It was, it was NSYNC, Harry Potter, and The Rock. That was the theme of my office. Well, that that's a great combination. Very, very eclectic. <laughs> All right, joined by Amazing Kong, this is Mitch Nicholson, and you have listened to One Question Interview. So there it was, Al Jackson. What do you think? Was that a hit segment? Yeah. That, that was a big deal. That I mean, was awesome, yeah. For a brand I new, love that. Yeah, brand new segment. We got one of the greatest female wrestlers alive to be on this show, that was exclusive footage that nobody could hear anybody anywhere else. So That's right. Nowhere else. They're right here. So that, that's a segment we're going to have to bring back sometime, right? Absolutely. Okay. We're going to have to find random uh, 
big uh, wrestling superstars and and get them to do interviews of only one cl- question length. <laughs> That's right. Hulk Hogan next week, y'all. Uh, I, we haven't confirmed that. <laughs> no, no, we haven't confirmed that. I'm just, you know, hoping. <laughs> okay, well, we do, uh, her, her opponent this coming weekend, Sassy Steffi, we did have interview footage of her, and I can, I can go on record, guaranteed, uh, the Remix Fury champion, Sassy Steffi, will also be having one question interview footage for the Mitch and Al show in the very near future. This is already a recurring segment, and I'm just excited about it. We've got big things going on on this show, Al. Okay, big, big things. Okay, the next big topic I'd like to talk about and you probably heard a little bit about what's going on with this guy. Let's talk about CM Punk, Al. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, what, I, I guess I'll go ahead and kick this off. Yeah, go ahead. TNA has been reportedly wanting CM Punk, wanting to sign him. I don't. I, there, there hasn't been a deal made yet, not to my knowledge, but it is rumored. Yeah, I've got the another news story coming up here. Apparently it was Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, who's a really reliable source. He reported, uh, I think it was on Wednesday, that TNA made a lucrative offer to CM Punk. Uh, they said it's similar to Hulk Hogan money. <laughs> so that's big money. Uh, it, wow. Yeah. But apparently there's a guy named Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, which that's another reliable source, PW Insider. They reached out to TNA since then, and TNA told him that there was no truth to the story. Quote, no offer was made officially or via an intermediary. Uh, still quoting, no truth to that rumor. That's in quotes. Uh, you know, TNA made a pretty strong stance to squash this. But you know what? TNA has said things in the past regarding their business. And you, you never know what they're saying, <laughs> if it's true or not. I, I think I believe Dave yeah. Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer over the business people at TNA at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what do you I guess th- right now it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what do you think? If TNA could have made it to, like, could have made an offer that appealed to CM Punk, that would have turned that company around a flash, right? Oh, yeah. He, he's definitely the number one free agent right now. That's for sure. So they got Punk. That would be a big deal. Yeah. But uh, uh, continuing on with the news story, apparently people close to Punk are saying that he currently has absolutely no interest in returning to pro wrestling, much less for TNA. That's a quote from the news. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's got me thinking, if he doesn't want to wrestle for Vince McMahon, why would he, you know, go to TNA? That that wouldn't make much sense. I mean, that'd be like dropping from, you know, the major leagues to the minor leagues. I'm not, not, not saying that TNA isn't a good quality wrestling organization. I'm just saying, you know, why would he do that? Yeah, I mean, it is a step down. If you have an ego, and, you know, Punk might have a big ego. He might not. Maybe he was just burnt out. But if you do realize your status, and he is one of the best in the business, do you take, you know, go to a JV show? You know, sorry to say that about TNA. I, I, I feel bad saying that, but just there's hard workers there, fantastic wrestlers, but it's definitely a big step down from WWE. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, do you, let's just ask the question that always gets asked. Does Punk come back? If so, when does he come back, and what does a comeback look like for him? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no. I, I don't see him coming back, at least not right now. Well, I, I, I say if he would come back, it would, it would definitely be for WWE. 
You know, I could see him coming back and just wrestling like a Ring of Honor style show. I, I, you know, just him doing whatever he wanted, like him right. versus Colt Cabana, you know, just telling some indie promotion, being like, this is just what I want to do. I want to wrestle an Iron Man match with Colt Cabana, and that's what we're going to do. And people would do it because he's yeah. punk. I, I don't know if he will. I, I, I lean towards he's going to come back, but it probably won't be for like a good three to five years, and he'll come back and it'll be for WWE. That, that's my gut yeah. feeling. I, I have to agree with you on that. Okay, and before we get into one of my favorite skets, uh, sketches of this show, favorite match, we got one more news in uh, bit, news piece of information, and it regards TNA's own Bully Ray. And let's see, this was prior to the most recent edition of TNA Impact Wrestling. He tweeted out saying he had a huge announcement concerning the future of him and Devon Dudley, immediately following Impact on Spike. And after the show... He tweeted this big message. I'll just read it. It says, Despite not winning tonight, me and Devon have decided to go after one of our other favorite sets of tag titles. Dot, dot, dot. Stay tuned. So, Al, is Bully saying he's going to WWE, or am I reading way too much into that? Well, it, it sounds that way to me, but uh, he's definitely playing with us with that little dot, dot, dot. Yeah. But... I mean, he worded it as they're going after one of their other favorite sets of tag titles, as in tag titles that they know personally that they've held before. What, you know, what other tag titles have they held? There's no other major promotion. ECW isn't around anymore. So no, it would it would have to be WWE. Yeah, and I've been hearing good things about Bully Ray. He's been really a, a workhorse for TNA for years. He's gotten himself Definitely. in a great shape. And he's still, you know, uh, competing at a very high level. Why wouldn't WC or WWE want him back? Yeah, he definitely worked hard for that company. I mean, he, I mean, he's one of the main guys with TNA, so he definitely worked hard. And I got nothing but respect for Billy Ray. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it'd be kind of fun. Like if all of a sudden, you know, at the Royal Rumble or sometime early in the year, you have the. Dudley boys make a return to uh, WWE programming, and all of a sudden they're lighting it up in the tag team division. And then Bully Ray oh, yeah. could maybe even do a singles run like he did in TNA. I think there's a lot there and a lot of things that people would really buy into. Yeah, and I, I think the crowd would just eat it up. Well, I, I agree with you. I hope it happens because I, I missed the – what was their finishing maneuver called when they uh, – oh, I can't remember. Uh, what was their finisher? <laughs> You asked me too fast. Uh, uh, the, the 3D. Holy crap. It's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the three-man band. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. Oh. I know it's three-something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners of Mitch and Al Radio, you probably heard us talking for a second and trying to figure that out. And I want to tell you that I cut out a lot of us figuring that out because the 3D is so easy, and for some reason it racked our brains trying to figure out what the name of the Deadly Boys finisher was. I'm a, Easiest question ever, and we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I'm embarrassed how long that took, but we cut out some of us trying to figure it out because it, it just took way too long. <laughs> Al, Al, help save this show. Why don't we kick off your and my favorite segment, favorite match? Yes. Yeah. Can we get a drum roll? Oh, okay, okay. Explain it first, though, okay? Okay. <laughs> It's very simple. I just throw out a name of a wrestler. It could be a current 
wrestler on the roster of WWE, or it could be one of the Hall of Famers, one of the old school guys, and you just tell me what your favorite, what your favorite match is in there. Real easy to follow, okay? Are you ready for that That's drum right, roll? That yes. All right. CM Punk. CM Punk. Great, great pick. Do you, do you have one in mind, or do you want me to pick first? Actually, you can you can go all the way back to his uh, Ring of Honor career. I mean, because he, he definitely had some classics there. And, um, but uh, no, my am. favorite CM, yeah, uh, my favorite CM Punk match would probably be his match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That was a good match. That was the best match on that card. you got to be good to be in a match with, with Taker at WrestleMania. I don't care you know, who you are. He, he don't just wrestle anybody, and him and Punk put on a good show. I agree. Great match. I like that he did the – what happened? Didn't he, like, do the pile driver, the tombstone pile driver on Taker in that match? He did, yes. You know, I consider that a big honor for somebody to be able to steal the Undertaker's move. That, that's a lot of respect for the Undertaker to let you do that. Oh, no doubt, yeah. I, Absolutely. Well, my pick for favorite CM Punk match, and I'm going to kind of cheat and pick a couple – because <laughs> my favorite live CM Punk match, and I've only seen, I guess, one live CM Punk match. That was 2003. Uh, it was called World Title Classic. I don't think they built it as that, but that's what they sold it as the DVD afterwards. It was Punk versus Samoa Joe, the first in their three epic series. And I went with my brother, and we went up to Dayton, Ohio. We watched at the Montgomery City Fairgrounds, had no clue what we were going to see, and it went to a one-hour draw, and it was the best live match of my life. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. That was Ring of Honor 2003. Great show. But the other match I'm going to pick, I want to say that like going for TV matches, there was a really great, I think, No Way Out with Daniel Bryan match a few years ago. We had a great pay-per-view match with Daniel Bryan. I can't remember that, but I'm not going to pick that. I'm actually going to pick him versus Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam last year. Fantastic match. That was an amazing match, yeah. Intense. I remember thinking like four or five minutes in, I was like, wow, they were, they really going to have a short match because this is way too exciting, way too early. I just assumed it was going to be short. Yeah. It went really long, and it was believable. It was intense. Uh, the submissions and the ferocity of Lesnar, it was great. I, I, I completely... Claimed that Punk lost the match at the time. I thought that was a bad call, but since then, since Lesnar also beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, now is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. You know, it works. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best versus the beast. Exactly. That was, that was a good one. That, that was my favorite match of. I think it was 2013. That was my favorite match of that year. And that concludes the Owl's favorite match segment. Thank you, Al. Quality segment, as always. We'll probably do that about every week, because I, I really like that conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay, another thing I want to talk about before we end this show tonight, I think this might be the last segment where we're kind of pushing it on time. I want to talk about the Raw crowd at Brooklyn, and I want to ask what your favorite chant of the night was. Uh, I love the Brooklyn crowd. There were several really great moments. Um, when John Cena came out, they revived the whole singing to John Cena's music. You remember what they sing? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's the um, John Cena sucks. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> they, they do that to the tune. So that's that's one entry that I thought they did great at. Uh, during the Miz versus Sheamus, they were really egging on people there, and they were getting into it in a good way for the most part. But then <laughs> midway through the match, they started chanting Sandow's better, and Sandow was just he's a comedy guy on the outside there. I I got to give him a lot of credit. I think Sandow's been awesome as the Miz's associate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's utilizing his comedic skills right now. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of teetered between, you know, them saying Sandow's better. Like, maybe that was kind of disrespectful to The Miz and Sheamus in the ring. Did you think that, or am I just overreacting? Yeah, well, I mean, that Brooklyn crowd, they're, they're definitely an honest crowd. They'll, they'll chant what they think, but... I wouldn't say he's better than Miz right now. Like Miz has been around a little longer, but Sandow, he just hasn't had the opportunity to be pushed the right way. Yeah, well, I think this is one time where he's really he's earning it himself, and I, I'm glad he yeah, got that moment. Definitely. No disrespect to the Miz, but I'm glad the crowd gave him as much love as they did. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the the last really awesome chant that I think the Brooklyn crowd did was during. Did you see the Torito versus Hornswoggle in a Gator costume match? I actually did. Oh, you missed out. Try to find it. Ronnie, be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to find it if you can because the crowd was chanting, "This is stupid," very audibly over and over. It was amazing. The crowd took a big giant dump on it. And if you try to find it on YouTube, WWE tries to act like that segment never existed. They don't acknowledge it happened. And I remember seeing Jerry Lawler in an interview just in the past day or two when they were talking about it. He was just kind of like, yeah, the crowd had a point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even Lawler had to agree. (laughs) All right, but that was my favorite uh, Raw moments from the Brooklyn crowd. I thank the Brooklyn crowd for being so rowdy. They did a great job. Do you like the really rowdy crowds? Absolutely, yeah. That, that makes it better. Um, Brooklyn, uh, definitely Philadelphia, Boston, those are some good crowds. Yeah, Miami's a good one. That's where the the whole Yes movement was born when that it, the Raw after the WrestleMania where Sheamus beat uh, Daniel Bryan in like 18 seconds. That was the moment yeah. where that came, that came out of Miami. And that's also The Rock's hometown, so they go rowdy for him down there too. And speaking of Daniel Bryan, uh, I can, we, we, we don't really hear about him anymore, do we? <laughs> you're right, you're right. And this will be probably the last thing we talk about tonight, but we have not had an actual Daniel Bryan update in a little while. Do we think he's coming no. back soon? Well, I hope so. He, he definitely, when he left, uh, he was one of the main guys. So, yeah, I was hearing he like he'll definitely be back by Royal Rumble. I don't think there's any debate about it. But I heard something as early as uh, November, which that would be Survivor Series time. Uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Right. Maybe he might even show up and do a surprise thing at Hell in a Cell. Am I? Am I dreaming too much there, Al? No, I don't think you are. Anything's possible. Yeah, well, let's hope he gets back sooner than later. But let's hope he also doesn't rush his comeback because, you know, you don't want to mess yourself up. And if I got uh, time to throw another quick update out there, next year's Royal Rumble will actually feature 40 wrestlers in the Royal Rumble match, not 30. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. And if we go long, we go long. We're just going to have to deal with that. What do you think about a 40-man Royal Rumble? I love it. You like more it? the merrier for me. I don't know. I feel like that's too much. No, no. I mean, I, I, it gives more 
opportunity for surprises. It gets more more guys in the Royal, Royal Rumble. I might end up regretting that, but I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you credit. Uh, I, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to just agree with you there, and I hope it's Sorry. great. But if they're doing it solely as an excuse just to let you know Roman Reigns beat his own record for eliminations, I think that's kind of dumb. Yeah. It could be, but but I said more than merrier. I kind of take that back. Forty would be the maximum. Uh, I wouldn't want to see him go over that, but I think forty would work. Do you think if they have forty, then that means there's plenty of room for Hornswoggle in a Gator costume? Uh, maybe forty is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to be positive about it. The official stance of Mitch and Al Radio is that we think it's a good idea, and we're going to go to our graves with that. <laughs> That's right. Two flying elbows up. <laughs> all right, all right. I think that's about enough for time. We're already running long, but I think it's been a good, good show, lots of good discussion, and we had a clip by Amazing Kong. We've had a great show today. That's right. Fantastic show, as always. Yeah, and I want to remind listeners, if you want to you know, subscribe to this show, find Mitch and Al Radio on iTunes, click the subscribe button. Uh, these shows get posted to... Uh, MitchNicholson.com every week, and we're going to try to be faithful. We're a little late this week, but, you know, forgive us. We're going to give you a show every week, and we're going to stay committed to that. Al, is there anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out one last thing. Uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda, I haven't cringed that much in a long time. That was horrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all serious. I mean, I, I do respect what they're doing for uh, breast cancer awareness, but man, that was bad. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. You know, let's cure breast cancer, but let's not have stupid segments like that on the show. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, y'all, y'all be safe, and Al, you have the last word, okay? Peace out, y'all. Stay in school. 